I think it's time, guys. And I'm not even going to say this with, with much excitement to go off top. Off top? Off top. Um, we got a group thread with anybody that's been connected with this show that's part of the click. So that's Weaver Radio. That's former producers. It's former interns. It's D. And uh, the thing last night was um, the tweet by one um, 670 co-host or host, Dan McNeil, a legend in the radio game here in Chicago, been in it for 30 years, uh, tweet about Maria Taylor from ESPN. She made her debut uh, for Monday Night Football as a sideline reporter. And he tweeted, and I'm just going to paraphrase this, he tweeted that the outfit she had on looked like someone that was presenting at the ABN, uh, which is the uh, adult video um, News. Thank you, adult video news. All right, so porn news. I mean, it's, the, it's, it's where they have the Grammys or Oscars for porno. Yeah. Right? To say the least. Uh, he, he tweeted about that. Uh, and it, the outfit isn't important, even though it wasn't an outfit that seems like that, and maybe he thought he was playing. Um, and it, by no means am I, like, excited that what took place today, for anybody that doesn't know, Dan McNeil has been let go by 670 to score. Um, his, his co-host, Danny Parkin, started the show today. It was just it's the Danny Parkin show from the time being until they uh, figure out who's going to be his co-host moving forward. Perhaps they probably go back to Spiegel since they uh, hosted before in the past. We do expect perhaps uh, for them to bring in a uh, lady uh, to do some some form since nobody's there anymore since Judy and Maggie have been let go. Uh, and we definitely know our girl Layla has been on there a lot, uh, who was let go by NBC Sports Chicago here. So it'd be great to see if she gets that. And by no means is that um, is this she getting that because of what happened to Dabney Bill? I think anyone, I think if it's Layla, particularly, she probably was heading to get that job anyway because she is, yeah, she was terrific on the radio. She's, she's uber talented. I tell her that, and often. she worked with uh David Hall and Dan Bernstein. That's really solid stuff because they, right. they might not be the easiest. So, anyway, uh, Mac was let go. Um, Mac's had a lot of opportunities here in Chicago, and we've known his battles uh, through with, with substance abuse and with depression. Um, unfortunately, like he lost his father, like within the last year. Um, but still, you know, especially with him being the legend that he is, you, you got to be careful what you're doing. And one thing I know that D always likes to say is you got you got to check the room. You got to check the temperature in the room. And even if you thought that and you want to say that to your friends, by no means was that something you should have tweeted out last night, uh, especially with everything that's going on. And, and, and be all fairness with you, even if it wasn't for social justice, you shouldn't do that. Because even when we've seen the stuff that happened with Bernstein with the young lady, and this was Comcast Chicago, it's NBC Sports uh, Chicago now, uh, talking about her body and how that, that was in 05, and how, you know, that, that was like, whoa, at that point it was like, you know, he may be on the clock, not to say that he was going to be gone, but you, you start to edge yourself a little closer to the door. And one thing, all of us males sometimes need to check ourselves. You know, like we talk about this with kind of, and it's, it's on a, it's a separate tangent, but like how we, we growing up, it was kind of okay to say homophobic slurs and you mature and as you become a young man, you realize this is wrong. And I know people that still do it and I tell them what's wrong with you. Um, we shouldn't be objectifying young ladies, uh, let alone on a, a, on a public platform because we all, we all fall small from where we want to be. Sometimes when we're corresponding with our friends and think that some things, even though they're wrong to say then they're okay to go ahead and say, and I'm not saying that, that's what he should have done, but that's what he should have done. You know what I'm saying? Instead of hitting that tweet and then deleting that tweet and losing your job over something as, as trivial as talking out the side of your neck when there was really no reason to do it. Um, ladies have been uh, pushed out 
a lot. We've always had um, we've had our friends at the show. A lot of times with Dan Davis, the show we used to start off with with a lot of ladies or were the guests. Uh, um, Cheryl Ray Stout has come on here plenty of times and told us how she couldn't go into the Bears locker room until Jim Harbaugh brought her into the locker room. She couldn't go into the locker room before then. And just think about all the great work she had done at that point and how she's done a great work. That was 20, 30 years ago. But just thinking because of her sex, people wouldn't allow her into the room. And I'm going to break it down like this. This is one of the things we really got to be careful with. All right, so Cheryl Ray Stout can go into the locker room because people thought, what, she would be, that maybe the guys would be uncomfortable, but maybe she'd be objectifying them in her mind, seeing these guys new, right? I mean, to a certain degree. And we look at the professionalism that women have to do all the time. You rarely hear women make comments that, that are sports reporters or sports writers talking about uh, the looks or physique of male athletes because they know if they did that, people would be like, you're unprofessional, you're really here for a date, so on and so forth. But as male commentators a lot, we sometimes still talk about the physical characteristics of women, even if we're not being vulgar, uh, we're like, you know, she's good looking. You rarely hear women commentators say he's a good looking male, you know, perhaps if you're pressed, but generally they don't and they stay away from that because they don't want to be put into that box. And we need to start living by that, that, that same accord moving forward because it's not fair. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's me being a black male, but still being a male and knowing that there's some privileges that I have that women necessarily don't have. And we need to move accordingly like that. I'm a father. I got a son and a daughter. And there's some things that, I mean, even before she was born, but I'm more cognizant of because I want her to view, I want her one to feel empowered, but also I don't want her to feel, um, sexualized or, or just 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 held in a box because of her sex because of what her, her sex is and because she's a girl there's certain things she couldn't she can't do or anything like that i want her to be of the mindset of a boss and to go out there and get it you know what i'm saying but as a dad i always have to be cognizant of those types of examples i said and i really try that there's a lot of stuff that i would watch in the past just as even as far as videos that i don't watch or particularly i don't watch when she's around, and of course, always we try to be uh, uh, try to be good as far as uh, language and not cursing and things like that. But still, getting all the way back to Dan McNeil, uh, don't know him tightly. Definitely at, at six seven to score, I've said hey to him a, a few times. Um, wish him the best. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not coming from like hate. It's easy, and it's this this time frame to come from hate. Because uh, again, I don't know where his heart was. I know where his mind was and it was on something it should not have been on. You know what I'm saying? And one thing like we were talking about in our text chain, that chocolate boy, it gets you, it gets you to start, you know, that, that, that old boys club, you see some of that chocolate and it make you go to AVN, right? Like that's your first thought was like, Oh, you know and I mean? It's funny. Cause I threw in like Lovecraft. If you've seen some of these episodes and you can see what that chocolate could do to, to the other side, man, they, they, they start to go wild. And of course I'm being facetious, facetious, facetious. And I, sit, I shouldn't play like that with something so serious. But this is like this bomb was just dropped a couple of hours ago. And I don't even know the angle that I want to take on it. But I want to come off top with it because growing up, listening to the Heavy Fuel crew with Terry Boris and Dan McNeil, I wasn't I didn't follow them to ESPN when it was Matt Yerker and Harry because I'm much more of a score guy. I do listen to ESPN, particularly Jay Hood. Shout out to Big Bro Jay Hood. But um, for a guy that, that had these type of opportunities, and still, man, still just couldn't fly right. And I don't even think he, he was trying to fly wrong all the time. If you look at some of the mess-ups he had before, um, it's sad. It's sad because I don't know if he's going to get another chance. You know, so in a couple of years, maybe they'll try to bring him back again. But I don't know if he's going to get another chance. But he's had a lot of chances, a lot more chances than a lot of other people have had and will ever get. Now, sometimes 
it goes by the talent. You're so talented, you can break in so many viewers, so many sponsors, you get more opportunities. That's just life, and that's how life goes. Um, life is not fair, you know what I'm saying? And you shouldn't expect it to necessarily be fair. But you should expect the people that have platforms to be just for the most part. And, and um, we all have uh, stepped out, but you need to regulate yourself and know there's a time and a place for everything, and that sometimes there's not a time for any of that type of shit. And I will put the shit on top of that at the end of it because there was really no time to necessarily do that. And um, as dudes, man, you, you just got to do better, you know? And I mean, we should look at it as a whole when we're talking about sports, that uh, it should be more welcoming to women, especially, listen, I think we want this with anybody. I, I can say um, when people will look at uh, um, uh, black people getting uh, advantages just because of their race, you know what I'm saying? And you, but you, 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 you don't like that, but you want a person to get that advantage because they put in the work and they show the talent necessary. But there's a lot of women that we don't get the opportunity that are better than dudes. Like I mentioned, uh, Layla Rahimi will smoke my ass when it comes to pause. I guess I shouldn't have said that. But when it comes to sports, I mean, not even sports. Like, she, I've always enjoyed conversations with her. She's extremely witty, smart, bright, and fast on her feet uh, to be able to do television and uh, radio. Uh, so, yeah, definitely uh, Danny Mac. Um, I, I hope everything works out in the end because we know he's had some issues and I hope that he doesn't fall into those, those, um, those silos because it's easy uh, when something doesn't go that way to, to lean on the former crutches that you leaned on in the past. Uh, did you have anything that you thought about it, Ra? Yeah, let me do some shout-outs real quick. Uh, I want to shout-out Maria Taylor for getting the Monday night gig. That's right. great for her. She's a superstar. Uh, shout-out to the text group because uh, I love how anything that goes down – I can just go to the text group and I'm just going to get all the pertinent information right there. I don't even need to go to Twitter. Okay. I'm just going to, I got it right there. Nicely, neatly and organized with commentary. It's beautiful. And my last shout out is Julie Takaro. Cause she yeah, wrote a Julie. terrific article on Deadspin, kind of talking about the culture that she experienced at 670 and how, you know, there's no women really working in Chicago sports anymore. Uh, you have some that are still on the air, but it's it, it more have gone than have yep. come in by far. I mean, it's, and she even points out, Julie, in her article, 47% of women or 47% of the NFL audience is women. Like, women matter in the sports world, whether you are too old school to believe that or not. I mean, it's just a fact. And you want to bring in audiences. You don't want to exclude any audiences, especially now in this kind of culture. And you, you brought up the great point, you know, feel the temperature of the room. My guess is McNeil was just trying to make a terrible joke that mm. he would probably make around the people that he hangs out with. Cause he didn't think really much of anything. Like these are my followers. These are the type of people that I'm around. I can just kind of throw this out there. And, you know, it, it was so odd too in the beginning. Cause like you see the joke and it's just like, it doesn't even land to begin with. Like her shoulders are showing. Big right. whoop. Like, right. What are we talking about here? Soldiers. And it wasn't like she was wearing some seductive type. It just it was an outfit that was kind of fashionable, creative, not maybe your standard TV type uh, ensemble. But her shoulders were showing. Big deal. Like, it, and then on top of it, you just like don't get an apology from him at all that we've heard at least. Um, the score. They did what they needed to do, and I, I, I agreed with what we talked about in the text chain. I had a thought, 
maybe they bring in somebody right away, Leela with Danny Parkins. Like we haven't, we've seen this before in other industries and across uh, sports when there's an idea that there is misogyny and sexism in a place. Hey, let's put a big move. Like you said, bring a woman on daytime to show, Hey, that's not true. And Layla would obviously be very deserving of that because she's terrific. And unjustly, just like Julie was let go when the COVID cuts came because a lot of women were thrown out, not necessarily a lot of men. And, and I, I'm just, I'm agreeing with everybody when it's like, Hey, if you don't know that that tweet is wrong, like you should get out of the biz to be honest. I mean, if I did that, guess what? Like if Dan McNeil was my boss or something, he'd say, get out. How do you not know about our business? Like it would be, it's so obvious. Number one. And number two, if you think like that, let's just get some new blood in here that doesn't. Cause that, that old school, that like, there's all this legend and lore about how the score used to be in the nineties, like the wild, wild West, like, all right, wild, wild West is gone in civilization. We don't have that anymore. Like we're trying to get law and order and we're trying to actually improve it to the point where it's actually law and order for everybody and not just certain people. So let's just do that with our sports radio. Like if and these on-air hosts don't get it, move on. Yeah. And also, Jude, she has a book coming out uh, talking about her life in the industry. I haven't read the Deadspin article. I plan on reading it. Uh, she was one of the first people to have us on her show at the score. So always having an affinity for her. I was also thinking perhaps she'd be somebody we need to look to interview uh, moving forward. What are you about to say? Just a quick thing that she pointed out in that article, uh, and you pointed out too with the Dan Bernstein thing with Comcast, like the temperature back then, like I never felt that they were going to get fired. And I felt like Dan McNeil was going to get fired when I first saw that. Like, I did. I thought, I, it was going, I thought it was a chance he may get dinged last night when we were. I, I'm at least glad. The that there, yeah, exactly. I'm at least glad there's some progression going yeah. on there. Like, but, <laughs> I couldn't believe just thinking about it like, yeah, that was, that was just nothing. That was just an apology and on the air next day, move on. When really it was egregious, maybe even more egregious than what Dan McNeil said. You mean Bernstein said? Oh yeah. yeah. Bernstein was more egregious than what McNeil said. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It totally, it totally was. Um, it was, that was out of, it was out of pocket. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a Bernstein guy, um, but it, it was definitely out of pocket, you know, but again, I'll say this. Um, as males, we need to check ourselves. Like that's, and we, that one thing too, uh, mentor uh, caught the end of Lawrence show because we wanted to find out. He also, he, he did charity for the LGBTQ community, transgender in particularly. It goes across the board with everyone. I think we try to do a good job on our show, but you know what? We can do better, you know? And I know we can still have some fun, um, but also try to uplift everybody. And I think we try to do that. But I, I just think sometimes we need to be, be careful as far as objectifying people. And I mean, we do well. I don't think we, we jump out like that. But we just can't point fingers at Dan McNeil and Dan Bernstein. You know what I'm We got to point fingers back at us because, one, these are the people that we listen to. And, two, we've said some comments similar to that. We just didn't have a platform that's big enough to where it could cause a stir. And I'm happy that the times have changed and shifted enough to where this has become a new norm because the truth and you can be this PC culture. It needs to be like that. Everyone should be treated fairly. You know what I'm saying? You don't want your daughter to be objectified. Guess what? Don't objectify somebody else's daughter. It's just common sense. And we need to stop playing and fucking around about it. You know what I'm saying? You know, my platform right now, I'm a curse because it's important because we, as a whole, we need to do it. I've never been one to, and I'm not saying any of these people did that. I'm not, this has nothing to do with those two gentlemen. Never want to touch a female. 
I've never been one to really call a female in a face <laughs> outside. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not saying that it's not in a face makes me a better human being. But I've always tried to be careful when it comes to women. And I'm sure there can be some women who may not feel like I have. You know, like, you can think you're doing right and still be doing wrong. Case in point, I remember uh, being in front of uh, the Prudential Building one day. And uh, Maggie Hendricks was out there with us. And, you know, Maggie covers everything, but she does tennis, Olympics, and everything like that. And Maggie had, uh, we were talking about Serena Williams. And I made a comment and I said, listen, I know this is selfish and stupid. But I wish she hadn't had hadn't uh, had her child yet because she would have gotten this record. And the reason I say that is because as a um, teenager, because I was a teenager when Serena um, came into play, first Serena, I mean first Venus, and her father said Serena was going to be better in my house with my father who had me at thirty five, my great my grandmother, my great aunt. You know, these are people that. These were people who were alive before civil rights. My dad probably was born around during that time or whatever. But you know, like my, my great aunt was born in 1916. You know what I'm saying? And she was the last one to die. I took care of her and my grandmother. That was such big. Sports were big in my house. But what they did was huge in my house. So they were like civil rights people as far as sports. Like, And I already, because of Andre Agassi, loved tennis and Wimbledon. You know what I'm saying? So Andre Agassi brought me into tennis. So to have these two young ladies on this um, this stage that's always kind of held, was kind of held, well, been taken away from black people because of, especially for the open era, but because of, of the, the pomp and circumstances of tennis, to see them on there with these beads in their hair and Venus initially starting to kick butt and Serena take it, 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 was, it was a part of, it, it just was a, a part of me. You know what I'm saying? It, and it was a part of my family. And it, was, it reminds me, and I actually want to tear up, of those three people who meant the most to me. So what I said was wrong, uh, and I'm sure she doesn't like me from saying it. What I said was wrong. And just because I prefaced it with, I was, I'm, I'm gonna say something wrong, doesn't make it right. So I'm just pointing out to say that we all make mistakes and have to check ourselves. That's all I want to say about that. The only thing that I was gonna add, the, I think like we talked about in the group, like sometimes men just are so men that they like let that get in front of their mind. It's basically thinking with your junk downstairs is what I'm trying to say. There's nothing wrong with admiring a woman for her beauty, especially if she's in the sports industry, but you have to understand women have been persecuted in this industry. Her Maria Taylor excelling has been really the exception, not the rule. And for her to accomplish something like that, when you just boil it down to just looks, that's that's where the disrespect comes in. That's why we need PC culture, because you got to have an understanding. If you're going to just say whatever you want, at least respect the fact that she's kicking butt in an industry she's not supposed to kick butt in. Dude, I mean, when you talk about how multi – go back from getting – from of course she did SEC – and uh, basketball. Now she's she's does the NBA countdown, and then the debut. And she did college football. Monday night football. Yeah, you're right. That's why I was kind of saying with the SEC, I was including her in all the SEC stuff with that one. Um, to see her co-host on Get Up, like I mean, with us is what's on the periphery of the industry. You know how difficult it is to put wear so many hats that she's worn. She's worn. I'm not just oh, yeah. a sideline reporter to reporting, but also being a host. That's dude. That's you got to be on on top of your game super talented and really know what you're doing at, at all times. So you, you have to give her props for, for what she did and uh, just take your hats off 
uh, to that young lady. And sorry that that happened during her debut last night because it, it was unnecessary. Off top. Off top. All right. I, listen, when I saw this title on ESPN that Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the Houston Rockets, has decided that Daryl Morey, uh, GM of the Rockets, will be in charge of finding their next head coach since Mike D'Antoni said that he's not going to uh, come back to the team after he uh, decided not to sign a contract that was offered to him by Tillman Fertitta uh, earlier this season. Him and Fertitta have seemingly not been on the same page. Uh, my first thought was, boy, Daryl Moore got away with it again. And then I went back, and before I read the article, my first thought was, China and the beginning of the NBA season before the original beginning of the NBA season, not the COVID restart where the NBA players were in China and Daryl Morey dropped a tweet. And I, in my head is a joke. I was supporting like, Hong Kong. And he was I, in my head. I was like, he was like, Hey, LeBron, you want to be a do good. It would do good on this with these, these, these yep. civil rights and with these a dark day for young Tony, as I remember. Exactly. And I mean, listen, Daryl Morey's intentions were in the right place. His timing was wrong. One, because I'm not even going to talk about the money aspect, but the players were over there when this happened. And we all know sometimes, and again, we get our news from the people right here, so it's always going to be a slant. But we know about the regime over there and how, you know, you have a lot of people, especially depending on, you know, the ethnic Muslims who are put in the camps uh, and, to, to eat, and they never come out. Their family members say once they've been in the camp, they basically assume that they're gone. All right, so there's a, there's a lot of human rights issues around the world, but in particularly, we know here, but in China, there's a lot of human rights issues. So what he said was right, uh, but still you did it when the players are over there and you know how uh, valuable the Chinese market is to, to the NBA and to the players in general. Um, but the real point was that the players were over there. But so, and I saw that, I was like, so, and this on top of that, the Houston Rockets are a huge sale because of having Yao Ming uh, a former uh, Hall of Fame player on their team who came from China. Uh, so that team is beloved over in, in, in China. So he also helped hurt, hurt Tillman Fertitta's pockets and lost him millions on top of the NBA and the NBA players because they, did, they didn't, I don't still don't believe they played NBA games. They showed, they viewed or played NBA games over there as they usually do. Uh, but when to see that he still got to hold on to his job, it's like hats off. And I'm, I'm semi interested because I want to see what. Daryl Morey does with a new coach when he has somebody. Now, Mike D'Antoni doesn't make changes during the game, but he can come up with, like, playing total small ball changes as far as doing something that's outside of the box. So I want to see necessarily an interaction and special analytics between the next head coach and this past head coach, Mike D'Antoni, and what they're going to do with the Houston Rockets, especially since it's not going to be easy to come off of that Westbrook contract. Not to say there's not a team out there that may not take them, but it's not necessarily going to be easy. You may not necessarily get the value that you necessarily want with how much money that he has left after getting that extension while he was still in OKC. But, uh, yeah, Daryl Morey, boy, you're a cat with nine lives, and you got out of this one again, man. I, I, I'm, oh, man, Daryl Morey, Daryl Morey, Daryl Morey. Question for you. Do you mm -hmm. think maybe Tillman wanted to keep Daryl because, let's say he fired him. Like, that job kind of sucks for GMing. You got all your first-round picks being sent to OKC pretty mm. soon, and all these guys are locked up with no money to really mm. have any movement. Like, at least you know Daryl's going to get you in the playoffs, I guess. Because what would another GM do, you know? Like, you can't – unless you're going to trade Harden, who has value that you can really trade? Well, see, that would be what another G. See, the, the problem is Tillman Fertitta, especially right now in this COVID situation, 
And how how much do you want to rip everything down when there's right. not a lot of avenues to create income because you're not going to have fans in the stadiums? You know what I'm saying? So the, I agree with you, but you also got to understand there's only, only so many GM jobs. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you have to take it. Um, but I agree. It may be hard. And one thing that Tillman Fertitta did say in the job, he said that I don't know how to pick a coach. Uh, and one thing I always tell people, know what you don't know so you can hire somebody to do what you need to do. So also, I'm sure if he doesn't know how to pick a coach, he probably also doesn't know how to pick a general manager either. Uh, so he probably just didn't want to step in the way of that and have some familiarity with Daryl Morey. So he decided to just go ahead with Daryl Morey. But again, Daryl Morey is a slippery cat. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? He's a, he's a slippery cat. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see Daryl Morey. And I want to take a job away from my brother. But I would love to see him in Philadelphia. <laughs> the process. Your hate, your hate of Elton Brand has come full circle. No, no, it's not that. It's it's Hickey being that he he came from Daryl Morey. I would like to see if he could finish the process. Is what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe he didn't even think that was the correct process. But I would like to see, especially since he's so hell bent on three pointers rather than twos. I would be interested in seeing what he would do since that was one of his disciples. He'd trade both of them for guys that created, shoot three. Right, right. <laughs> create, give me Dame Dash. They created I, I would be interested in seeing that. But, yeah, that's my last off top. Uh, just a little uh, Daryl Morey hate. And also um, just talking about um, just talking about an unfortunate incident. I, I'll do you, be like, yeah, man, Devin Mills out. Like, that's not the vibe. Um, I don't want to live off of anybody losing their job, but that's not the vibe, you know what I'm saying, that I have, even though, man, he, he, he fucked up. One last thing, though, with the Rockets. Do you have anybody, a coach, you like for that team? Would anybody do a good job there? Hmm. I would think, now, we heard rumors that Tyrone Lewis was supposed to end up in Philadelphia. I would think one uh, well, Sam Cassell, I guess, being the, the Rocket that when we were younger, I remember him being that rookie out of Florida State. They had to put Kenny Smith butt on the bench and let the young shorty cook. And the second year, and when he started to get some starts, he was all right. But then again, because this was when Michael Jordan was going, the Houston Rockets won back-to-back titles, one against the, uh, the New York Knicks and the second against Orlando Magic. Uh, he didn't start cooking again into the playoffs and particularly the finals. And that's when we start to know, like, oh, Sam Cassell, because we thought he was legit, legit. It was like, oh, he legit. And then he ended up getting traded to the Nets, and he further showed how legit he was in the Bucks and so on and so forth. And we know he was with Minnesota, which is pretty well at uh, KG. Um, but, yeah, I would say Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell, being a Houston guy, he should get that opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Now, I don't know how um, it's going to work analytically, but you know what? To a certain degree, there should be a marriage between basketball know-how and analytics. It, it shouldn't just always be led – Strictly off analytics, as far as what I believe. So I will I tell that to Daryl Morey. I know, right? You have to tweet out some other some hey right now. <laughs> Numbers don't lie. <laughs> I protest the Davis show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would say I would I would lean towards Sam Cassell. I know I've seen that in reports. Uh, but yeah, I would say Sam Cassell. Not Sam Cassell. I would say someone like Ty Lue. Um, trying to think, is there any other? Maybe some young coach that we necessarily don't necessarily know about. Uh, who is kind of in the same vein as Daryl Morey as far as relying heavily on numbers uh, may fit the bill. You know what I'm saying? But I know with the fact that you've already lost two black head coaches in the NBA, that it would be good if they picked up someone of color to uh, take some of these jobs with Nick McMillan and Alvin Gentry uh, being let go uh, after the being exited in the playoffs. Yeah, it would be much better. I mean, they can always get a yes man of Jim Boylan if you want it. See, now you got to ruin everything. 
Now you got to run. All they're going to be doing is power listing. Now you got to yes, we'll gotta, shoot threes, Daryl. Yes, you gotta, anything you want. We will shoot you threes. To, now you have to ruin everything. 